got your midweek sports show coming hot and fast, ready your way like a Little Caesars pizza. I'm your boy, Hank. I got my brother, Drew, on the other side of the line. How we doing, my friend? <laughs> What's up, man? How's man, it going? Man, we done took a, we done dipped out and left our folks hanging for about a week and we apologize. Life just be life and it don't care about the podcast. We do, though. Uh, by the time y'all hear this, we've already released the 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 Sunday Night Secret Society episode, and man, dude, that was just an absolute blast. Those guys are incredibly uh, hospitable, <laughs> very very down to earth. Uh, we we went absolutely every which way a conversation could go between you know conspiracy theorists. Uh, it was it was really fun. We hope y'all enjoyed that. But tonight, Drew, my boy, we're going to be talking a little baseball, getting back to the roots. Um, oh, yeah, man, let's MLB get into just, it. MLB just dropped the divisional breakdowns a couple hours ago, so I figured this would be a perfect time to give our listeners a little update into what's going on in the league. We've played about 70 – not quite 80 games, but we're, we're all, I think we're within four or five games as of time of recording of uh, 70, 80 games being played. So we're, we're getting close to that crucial trade deadline and the all-star break where everything starts to really matter for the season. Everything's really going to start to decide who's going to be in what position for a playoff run who's going to have sold at the deadline and punted on this year, who's bought at the deadline trying to make a World Series run, you know, who tries to just bolster their already stacked roster. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch it shake out, Drew. I'm, I'm looking forward to these next few weeks being played out. Yeah, it, it, man, baseball is freaking crazy right now. Uh, with the standings and how everything is uh, so it's it's definitely it's going to be a very interesting to see how everything plays out my boy when you can say that in one 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 uh, division of baseball you've got a team with 51 wins and then on the other side of the spectrum there's a team with 55 losses <laughs> you know it's been some wild ride <clears throat> Absolutely, man. I mean, the Oakland A's and God love the Oakland A's fans uh, for what they're trying to do out there, man. You know, uh, trying to rally up for the team, uh, showing up in big games and everything, you know. Um, But it's crazy, man. With the standings, you know, you got the Cincinnati Reds leading on the other side. And then madness. (laughs) <laughs> madness who bedlam who would ever think of that man it is bedlam. <laughs> you hear me <laughs> our freaking pets heads are flying off Saint Louis all is conscious. about to burn <laughs> <laughs> it's going insane my my dude it's going insane oh and man. uh let's uh, start and I, in the national league drew since that seems to be where most of the uh Shitty side of the <laughs> baseball being played on that on that spectrum, uh, just like you were alluding to in that in that NL Central, ladies and gentlemen, 
on on the skin of the of my white rear end. I am I am not telling you a lie. The Cincinnati Reds are in first place of the NL Central. And I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how I'm gonna sleep tonight. Right. I'm just, I mean, I'm not in a good place mentally about this. Um, nothing makes no. sense about the NL Central. The Cardinals are in last place of the NL Central. I mean, I, I'm, I'm breaking down about it. <laughs> the Cubs are the Cubs. The Pirates. Playing, the Pirates are playing better baseball. I mean, the the only thing that makes sense about the NL Central is the Brewers are in second place. You're right. That seems Absolutely. to be where they they fill out every year. But the fact that the Cardinals and the Reds have completely flop flip flop, I right. Do they got any more than Joey Votto's for sale? <laughs> yeah. So any more? <laughs> uh... Ellie De La Cruz's. Wait, <laughs> I need to talk to the fucking factory that made him. Oh man, I wish Ryan was here right now because I saw that picture of Ellie De La Cruz and Next little tiny Jose. little person Altuve. Oh and man, God. he looks like such a little person. It's amazing. It's the best photo. <laughs> it's the best photo ever. And I know how much. <laughs> I would fuck with Ryan about that guy. So, oh, <laughs> we man. love you, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, the the, the NL East is kind of how you would expect it, except for the the two three spot. Um, Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta has well, it's not really such a huge lead. To it's only a four game lead over. They're the, the second place teams, but the Braves are expected to be the favorites out of the NL East. The Marlins, however, on the back of one Luisa Rice, who in my so rare lineup has been feasting. This man is a, a plethora, a cornucopia, if you will, of fantasy points. <laughs> this man is is not a he's every other game he's having a five for five game and that every other game that he's not going five for five it's either three for five or five or four for five like they're really playing some extremely sound ball in Miami yes, and I and if anybody wants to quote me on the fact that I said that the Marlins just needed some consistency throughout their their positional players as far as being uh, consistent at the plate. Because their pitching has always been there. Now, sure, Sandy's not been having the same year that he had last year, but you can't you can't expect this man to go be dominant for the however two hundred some odd innings that he did he's done for the last two years. Like he's getting right. a little older. Folks are starting to fit. Velocity isn't such a big issue anymore. Right. Like, the man's arm. You know, I, I he's still got the arm. If you know, he was smart, but, he'd stop throwing a hundred something miles an hour and just start working more in the mid nineties and saving that arm so that he could put a few years on the backside of his career and still not, right. you know, be a three three number three starter at worst. Like he don't want, I don't want Sandy Alcantara to wear himself out and then he's getting DFA'd like Carlos Carrasco's about to, right? Because he just has absolutely nothing left in the tank. 
Like, I mean, it, I, I'm happy for the Marlins. Um, in third place in the NL East, we've got the Phillies. And they're starting to really come alive. That that $300, $300 million contract that they gave to Mr. Trey Turner is starting to pay off a little bit more. All that money that they've put into the Kyle Schwarbers and the Bryce Harpers and the Nick Castellanos and keeping JT Real Moto, it's all really starting to pay off for them. And I'm happy for the Phillies. If I can't have my Cardinals go, then uh, I, 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 want, I want the Phillies to, to uh, make as much noise as they can. I'd love to see another Cinderella World Series trip for them. Uh, they got the Mets following them four games behind the Phillies, the New York Mets, and the Mets are going to Mets, folk. I've said it from day one. It doesn't yep. matter what they do, who they sign. They could go get Otani and Mike Trout and Nolan Arenado and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and Trey Turner. They could go whoever you could put, whoever you want to put in orange and blue. The Mets are going to Mets. The Mets are going to Mets. And then you've got the Washington Nationals, who are just the Washington Nationals. Man, it, <laughs> I'm I'm really sad to see the state that they're in right now. Just think about it; they would have kept Harper and and Trey Turner. <clears throat> Bro, I right, absolutely, man. I I got to see Bryce Harper play in Washington um, several years ago. Uh, I went up there for uh, police week and I got to see him and their stadium, the national stadium is badass. but watching oh. to see that man play in person, the dude's an absolute beast. He really is. No doubt, man. No doubt. He was the, he was the most highly touted baseball player of his age. Like he was on ESPN magazine covers at 16 and 17. Yeah. Right. But before the social media, you know, really was as dominant as it is now, Bryce Harper was one of the first superstars that never played a game in the big leagues. Right. In your National League West, you have the Arizona Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondbacks? <laughs> what? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Arizona Diamondbacks are leading the NL West, and they have like a, a six-game lead over the Dodgers, who are in third. San Francisco's in, in second place in the NL West. What is happening? What is happening? The fourth place with the biggest money in the entire Literally left. almost a billion dollars on their payroll, and the San Diego Padres can only get do 35 and 37 fourth place in the NL with. Are you serious? Uh, I've said Juan it before. Soto is gone. Oh, they cannot, uh, they can uh, now, especially since I'm time or uh, oh, time. Um, Lord forgive me. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s back. They can't keep everybody, they just re signed Machado. Machado, see, that's the problem, man. Manny Machado is a cancer. He is bad for that organization, dude. He does not get along well. He can't play well in the sandbox. He, he, as much as as good of a baseball player as he is, he's kind of a dick, and he carries that off, and and you know, it carries over, yeah. and it doesn't go well. 
And then you got the Rockies. And the Rockies are going to Rocky. You know? <laughs> it just, I cannot believe my eyes when I'm looking at the three worst teams in the National League, and it's the Cardinals, Rockies, and then the Nationals. That hurts my soul. That hurts my soul. Recording in progress. All right, man. So that'll wrap up the National League. Looking over towards your American League, we'll start in the East because I think it's uh, really the hot story in the American League. You've got your Tampa Bay Rays, 51-24. and 24. I can't believe it, man. They're playing some good baseball over in Tampa. I, they've got – Five more losses than the than the Oakland Athletics have wins. That's crazy, bro. I don't understand what is going on in Tampa. But whatever it is, I hope they keep it up through the year because I want to see how that plays come postseason. Yeah, I, I would love to see them in the postseason again. And hopefully they can continue. Yep. In second place, in second place, I, I can't believe that the Baltimore Orioles are where they're at. They've had a few clutch additions between Gunnar Henderson and Adley over the last couple of years, and they've got Jorge Mateo showing out. Cedric Mullins is doing his thing. You've got uh, Anthony Santander still playing good baseball for Baltimore. You've got some good players over there, and they've really – you got Kyle Gibson and John Means that shove well in the rotation. You've got uh, Felix Bautista, which everybody wanted to freak out when when Baltimore let go of uh, oh what was his the they let go of their pretty much their closer over the offseason. I think it, it was Jose something. I can't remember his last name, but they realized that they've got a. a NFL linebacker who can throw 104 mile an hour fastballs and sinkers. So they're doing okay in Baltimore. They, they got a 44 and 27 record. That's nothing to scoff at. I would love if the, if a, if the certain St. Louis team had a 44 and 27 record. Uh, third place, you've got your Yankees, 39 and 33. They're doing what they need to do in New York. They're just treading water, staying just above you know, the danger zone, they're going to skirt into the playoffs and then probably blow their load in the divisional route or something, you know, do what New York yep. always does. Uh, but find yep. them in uh, fourth place, you've got the Blue Jays of Toronto at 39 and 35. Uh, I'm not, you know, real sure what's going on in Toronto. I feel like they should be a little bit better at four games above 500. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with all the talent that they have, man. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I think you said uh, the last episode, uh, well, a lot of people were calling for the, the head of the manager up there. So, and then as uh, soon hopefully... as I said that, they went on a little run and then they started sliding again. Yep. Imagine how Boston feels in fifth place with three game above 500 record. Terrible. What what does Boston need to do? I mean, they're struggling up there in Bean Town. They're doing the best they can for Christ's sakes. They got a winning record here in last place. 
of the division. They're the only division in baseball, the AL East, that every single team is above 500. Uh, depending on how the rest of this year shakes out, you could see uh, at least three teams from the AL East getting into the playoffs. It could be crazy. Um, just depending on how it shakes out. I mean, because if you look over in the in the AL West, you've got up until you get to the Oakland Athletics, you've got everybody at or above 500. Uh, Texas is just, hey, they're, they're not little brother anymore. They might not be big brother yet in the state of Texas, but this is a breakout year for the Texas Rangers. Uh, 45 and 27. You know, they're only six games behind Tampa Bay. Yeah. That, that, that's saying a lot. That is, man. And it's a breakout year, man. That Jet, Josh Young kid is having a good season. Yep. yep. Um, They've got, which everybody knows DeGrom went down, but you've got uh, Haney over there. He's going for him. You've got Nathan Eovaldi, who left your Boston Red Sox and has revamped his whole career. And then you've got, um, oh, shucks. If we wouldn't have started talking about Texas, I could have named you their rotation. Um, they've got another really solid picture going for them. Uh, really happy to see what's going on. They really invested hard in their infield over the last several years with acquiring Marcus Simeon and Kyle Seager. Then they went out and got DeGrom, and they've had a little homegrown talent, like with Josh Jones. It's 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 looking good over there in in Texas. But right behind them at forty one and thirty three, you've got the 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 Angels of Anaheim, as some would say. Uh, or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Who knows? What really is their name? Because they've also been called the California Angels. There's a there's a lot of contention over the name. So so much so that Tops doesn't even put their name on their baseball cards. Did you know that? I did not. But now that you think about it, I have only ever seen Angels on their cards. Right. As of as of most recently, especially, there's so much contention over the city. And I think there's a lawsuit between uh, Anaheim and Los Angeles right now over the the team uh, that tops is like, nope, we're not getting in between it. Here's the logo. That's all. That's all we say. At least the team's worth having a lawsuit about this year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they're seventy-four they're games into their season, and they're they're eight, eight games above five hundred, second place in the AL West. I, I, it's not a bad year to be an Angels fan. You just really hope that they can stay healthy. Uh, another one of my so rare fantasy players that have been carrying me this year has been Shohei Otani, who literally leads the the Angels in all major statistical categories: home runs. Yeah. RBIs, OPS, ERA, strikeouts, uh, bat, bat, his overall batting, batting average, his on-base plus slugging. Like he's he, it's it's the Los Angeles Otani's or the Anaheim Otani's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he just hit his hundred and fiftieth the yeah. other day. Yeah, my, I mean, my, my fantasy lineup appreciates his 
his he's doing the Lord's work out there, Drew. Is what he's doing. He, <laughs> that he, that he is, man. And you know, as much as I hate to say this, I would really love to see them win a World Series. I, you know, I'm not going to push it that far. That might be a little uh, a little blasphemous, I, but I would desperately love to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani this year before they get shipped off. They need to go and make a serious playoff run, like not a wild card series. They need to get exactly, past, you know, get into that divisional, if not championship round. I would, I would love to see a Orioles Angels ALCS. I mean, yeah. it looks like it's going to be Texas Tampa Bay, but. Like I said, there's still about, you know, just shy of 100 games left in this season. That's still a lot of baseball. I mean, that's more than what we've already played. But but then, you know, you look behind the Angels, two games behind the Angels, and you've got Houston. And they're five games above 500. They're not playing bad ball in Houston. No, they, they're not. They, they just – haven't quite clicked on yet. And and Houston, kind of like St. Louis, is traditionally a very good second-half team. They yeah. always just hang around, and then when it's go time, they lock in, and it's like they've saved themselves. You know, they, they, they played it smart during the year, winning just enough to get there, and then when they get there, they can sprint while everybody else is running the marathon still. You know, that – you cannot count Houston out. They are going to be there. It's not like we're talking about the White Sox who, who might have an outside chance, you know. But we'll get to them momentarily. Uh, behind Houston, uh, dead even 35 and 35, you've got your Mariners of Seattle. Kind of a disappointing start to the season for Seattle. Actually, it's a, it's a downright miserable start to the season. Uh, any other year in the NL West, they're probably second place behind Houston or third place behind Houston and Texas for a little bit. Um, but not this year. Not this year. Uh, breaking even isn't good enough anymore because you've got really, really good ball clubs ahead of them that haven't traditionally, especially with Texas and, and the Angels, they haven't traditionally been that good ball club. So, right. Seattle still has time to, to get it going. And with them being as young as they are, you would think that they would pick up some momentum after the all-star break and stuff, maybe have a chance to reset mentally. And then you've got them. And the uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's not, not going to be a good season if you're an Oakland fan. It's never – going to be a good season. Even when you become the Las Vegas A's, it's not going to be a good season until you get new ownership. It's going to be a dumpster fire, just with different colors. Yep. Yep. Which leaves us – I'll go ahead. It's disappointing to see, you know, long gone are the days of the Ricky Hendersons and, you know, the A's with the Maguires and everybody else. Final blue. and right, Dennis Eckersley and Raleigh Fingers. Uh, Raleigh Fingers, man, everybody, and that's what sucks about seeing them at nineteen fifty-five. Jackson, my man, 
Mr. October started his professional career in Oakland. Yeah. I mean, you've right. seen great players come out of Oakland. I mean, hell, Jason Giambi, Jose Canseco. Yep. Like you were talking about Mark McGuire. Yeah, the Bash brothers. I mean, let the man do steroids all they want to do. I'm ready to see fun baseball again, which this year has been nothing short of dull. I don't know if me personally being a Cardinals fan would call it fun. <laughs> but, but it's not been a dull season, you know, and, and it has, no. it's been exciting for reasons that aren't related to, well, somewhat about politics, which we might dive into after we get done with talking about these, these standings. But um, it hasn't been about a pandemic or about overtly political things. We've just had a chance to really enjoy some baseball. A few teams have been trying. One team that I'm not going to name name, Dodgers, they've really been <laughs> trying to just go the extra mile, and I don't think it's working for them so much. But let me, let's me let get into this uh, AL Central, wrap up these divisional rankings for the listeners before I start rambling again. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, excuse my French, but the AL Central is every much bit of shit show as the NL Central. Uh, arguably worse. Uh, the, the Twins lead it off at 36 and 37, and it's a really bad day and a bad look for MLB when a divisional leader has a losing record. <laughs> That's not okay because, if I'm not mistaken, the winner of the division is guaranteed a playoff spot, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, not looking any better for the second place Cleveland Guardians at 33 and 38. Uh, I know that the Cardinals just acquired Richie Palacios, I think that's how you say him, for $100,000, and then we just put him in Memphis. I don't, I don't know what to make of that move. Um, there's really not worth nobody on this AL Central that I think is even worth talking about. You got Detroit in third at 31 and 40. I mean, it's sad to see Miguel Cabrera spending his whole career with an absolute shit organization, say, for two or three years right there around 2006 to 2008 when they right. had Furlander. Uh, the White Sox are uh, a burning dumpster fire at 31 and 43. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say about the White Sox. I mean, they've got the players to be a good team. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's a front office issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at that, their roster, it's not bad. Right. I mean, you've got Lewis Robert, you've got Tim all Anderson. these big names. You got right, Eloy you got Jimenez. Tim Anderson, you got Elo Jimenez, you got Yasmani uh, Grandal. I mean, you've got players, you've got pitchers, you've got everything needed apparently except the leadership, the coaching, yeah. the front office, the Everything you know, they really the more important than the players is is who you've got calling the shots, right? And then you've got Kansas City, who has given Oakland a run for their money at nineteen and fifty three. Two no wins better than Oakland, but two losses less. If that means anything, 
really just a, a, a big old nothing burger for the AL Central. But after saying that, you know, the NL Central don't look that bad. At least we have two teams above 500, even though one of them is the Reds. And I just – congratulations if you're a Cincinnati fan. I mean, you've got a lot going for you that you normally haven't had going for you. You've got good football again. And apparently you've got good baseball again. Congratulations. It's the first time you've had good baseball since you've had a Ken Griffey Jr. on your team who's still – the second highest paid player on that roster. Thanks to a deferred contract. (laughs) Yes, sir. They got Ken Griffey Jr. Day, just like they got Bobby Bonilla Day. Yes, sir. So that's going to wrap up the uh, standings right there. And There's highs that are really high, and there's some lows that are really low. Let's see if we got any noteworthy headlines i'm trying to find the video there was i i watched it earlier there was a kid that got called up to the major leagues and the announcer was you know obviously doing his thing and he's doing the announcement he says he calls his first home run like freaking Bat for bat, he says he's going to get a home run on a 3-2 count, and he's going to hit it out to the, you know, far left, uh, left center field. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm trying to find the video. It was, it was freaking crazy. The guy was going nuts. The whole stadium was going insane. It was awesome. Well, while you're looking for that, I've got a I've got an article here that will just tickle your pickle. Uh, the headline is Red Sox Tanner Hout to have facial plate inserted. Have you heard this? No, I have not. All right. So Boston Red Sox pitcher Tanner Hout is scheduled to have surgery next week to insert a plate to help a facial fracture heal, heal after he was hit by a batted ball. Hout yeah. was hit uh, below the right eye by a line drive from New York Yankees Kyle Higgins Shaka on Friday night. The 26-year-old right-hander saw a doctor Tuesday, and it was determined a plate was needed. Boston manager Alex Cora said Tuesday that the outcome was a best-case scenario for how because he believed the because he was hit below the eye in the temple. Cora said he envisions how returning to pitch this season. Well, he definitely hate to hear that for. You know, one of their young and upcoming players, you know, prayers up to Tanner Howe and hope his surgery goes okay. And I hope he has a flawless healing process so he can get back because I know that the Red Sox need him desperately. Yes, they do. You find the video for us yet, or do I need to come up with another, another article to glance at? No, you got to come up with something else because, of course, technology wants the technology. Oh yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't want to be cool right now. Speaking of the bane of my existence, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, they have reinstated their first baseman or outfielder, former Rookie of the Year Will Myers from the ten-day injured list Tuesday, and promptly designated him for assignment. Myers had been on the IL since May 26th with a kidney stone. 
The Reds are on the hook for the remainder of Myers' $7.5 million contract. Million dollar contract. Mm. Myers was 32 in his first season in Cincinnati after eight in San Diego. He's batting 189 with three home runs and 12 RBIs in 37 games this season. Sounds like St. Louis will be on the phone immediately. <laughs> that one, probably. That 189, you say, how fast can you get to St. Louis? <laughs> we'll send the private jet after he, and we'll fill it with some Arby's for you. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Joey Votto's returned back to play, man. I'm really glad to see that. I like Joey Votto. I like Joey Votto a lot too, man. You know, he's a really good chess player. Really? No, he's insanely good. He travels around and goes like he's on he's on like international rankings and stuff like he's got clout in the chess game i did not know that you know you know who else plays chess which i i didn't know either is uh did you ever watch seinfeld yeah every once in a while kramer kramer (laughs) the crazy ones are always the best at chess dude and he he i saw this video he's talking to uh jerry seinfeld and he's talking about chess and he says, you know, um, apparently he's like very high ranked and he used to play against the computer and he was, you know, a 2100 or 2600, whatever. It was like the highest score that he uh, is a chess master or whatever on the game. Yeah. And he would play that and beat it. No problem. So he said he's he's uh, in some city. I forget what city he said he was in. And he's walking down the street and he sees this homeless guy sitting down and he's got like all this junk with him and donuts and everything else. And he's got a chessboard and he's sitting literally like on the street, not like on the sidewalk, like he's just like on the street. And uh, so Kramer sees him and he sees him sitting there playing chess or whatever. So he sits down and the guy says, uh, um, you know, he, he asks him if he wants to play. He says, uh, I beat you two times. If I beat you two times, you, you leave. Two times, you'll leave. So Kramer's like, uh, okay. So he starts playing the guy. And in six moves, checkmate. And he's like, no one ever checkmates me in six moves. So he's like, what, what the hell? Uh, he's like, okay, so I got to play him again. He says he plays him again. And this time it was like three moves, checkmate. And Kramer's like, what the? And the guy just starts packing up all his shit and he starts leaving. And Kramer's like following this homeless guy down the street, yelling at him, no, one more game. Come on, man. We got to play one more time. Just one more time. Let me play. The guy's like, I beat you two times. You leave. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, chess is a wild game, dude. I enjoy playing, but like I'm not advanced by any means. No. Neither I can, I. I can, I don't know any like official strategies, but like I know stuff that I like to do depending on who I'm playing. If they allow me to, you know, I've got a couple of different ways I like to open up, you know, I'm not, a, I, I used to go to chess workshops and stuff when I was, you know, in junior high and early high school. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can tickle the, tickle the ivories a little bit on the chess board. That's cool, man. Yes, sir. 
not to go on a chess tangent in the middle of our sports show. But we were touching a little bit about how this season with the MLB has kind of been free of politics and different things. And then, oh, what month is it, Hank? The month of June, when every corporation decides, hey, let's get woke. Let's throw that, that rainbow trans LGBTQ LMNOP nonsense and then what happened immediately when they put that logo up? Oh, there was immediate backlash. All over the place. All over. To the point that the MLB retracted their uh, policy that every team had to wear a rainbow colored logo on their hat. Um, and then there was one team that took things just a little further, and that would be your Los Angeles Dodgers. Not only did they invite a group of I don't. I'm pretty sure their spiel was complete mockery of Christianity, but they're also LGBTQIA2D2RX whatever uh, activists, right. and uh, they they they're they're like the anti nuns or whatever, and so the Dodgers. Once, once you know this, these people were there and they were raising hell in the stands, and then they, the Dodgers received a lot of backlash instead of appeasing fans, or at least the majority of fans. They decided to not only invite this group back, but bring them on field for a pregame ceremony. So, what happens the day of the game? This pregame ceremony starts, and the seats at Dodger Stadium were empty, barren as my field of fucks. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what happens, the, man. The fans made it known. Of course, they came in as after that was over, and they, you know, as the game was starting, the fans filled in. But they made a statement. They and, they pissed a lot of people off, man. Oh yeah, they pissed. Uh, a- it's kind of like what we were talking about with Chef. The the pendulum swinging back to absolutely a right. sense of normalcy. But I think right. they've Absolutely. really gone so far this time with the attack on our children. Right. That I don't think we're gonna let the pendulum swing back that far anytime soon. Right. And, and you know, regarding that group that the Dodgers had, I think it says something when even the homosexual community was speaking out that those people were there. And you're, you're hearing about different homosexual groups speak out more and more often because their entire agenda that they had, which, and I don't mean to say agenda as in a derogatory, because personally I don't care if you're homosexual or not. 
when I was in high school, it was really the first time that it was normalized and made socially acceptable marriage rights were given. That's cool. And then their movement was hijacked by the trans movement, which has nothing to do with sexuality or actually being trans. It's all about the further division of us socially, of us as a uh, connected species. It's all just a way to, to devise hate and confusion. And now they turn that plan to devise hate and confusion towards our children where it can be most effective. Absolutely, man. It's, you know, it, it's crazy to see the things that are going on right now with and how they align with that documentary that we just watched the other day. And, you know, and after talking to chef, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about having a, a, a very real conversation with Callie about homeschooling the kids. You know, luckily where I'm at, my wife works in the school district. Um, and I know the school district and I know what for the most part is being taught. I'm okay. See, I'm, in, I'm in that same boat. My aunt works at my mom's sister works in the school. Um, right. And I ask her at the beginning of every school year, she works in the junior high. My oldest daughter is about to be in the junior high for the first year this year, but she's around the elementary students too. And I ask her, am I going to have to worry about my kids coming home asking me, you know, why they're wrong for being white or why it's okay to feel like they can be, you know, a boy or a girl when they're not. And I, I'm not, because I want to present these this to my children the way that I want to in a time that I think they need to. I'm not trying to, I've got a seven, eight, and a 12-year-old. I know right. I can't keep things for my 12-year-old for much longer. She's got too much of my badass in her. And so she's, I mean, she's going through that age. She'll be 13 in December. Like, it's the train is in full steam. And so I know it's going to, there's going to be some real conversations that have to be had within the near future. But my other two, they don't. I, I still got five, six years on it before I feel like I should even have to be worried about that. But nowadays, my eight, seven, eight year old are the exact same ones that these people are attacking because they're at that impressionable age where they don't really. They're just now starting to solidify the fact that they know right from wrong and understanding that they're, you know, you know, it's, it's those first essential real, uh, real world building blocks start to set in stone. Things really start right. to, you know, become a little more real when they're, you know, you're getting closer to your teenage years. But it's sure. But like, just like you, I know the members of the school board. I know the principal of the elementary school, my brother's we're best friends with her son. Uh, I know the dean of students in the elementary school. He was my team. He was my baseball coach for my, when I was young. Uh, I mean, I know all the, most of, not all of them, but most of the teachers in the high school. I know most of the teachers in the elementary school and the junior high. I'm good with where, but, but, but for real, like the, the instance that I hear that there's some sideways th things going down in that school, like either I'm going to be in front of the school board or 
me and yeah. Callie are going to have to figure out what we're going to do because I will not let my kids be subjected to that. No, absolutely not. And, you know, you were talking about the pendulum is starting to swing. And, you know, uh, I said I, I on one of the last episodes about how, you know, I, I don't think really we're at a place where there is a lot of hope for us uh, as a society. Not really a lot of hope. I shouldn't say that, but we're too far gone, I think. And it's really hard to 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 bring it back, but I'm starting to see the pendulum swing, and I like that. But there's still the ability to change things, especially on a local level, because they tried to pull that bullshit locally at our school district, and people came out in droves and said no. And it didn't. It, it didn't get passed. Uh, certain things got pulled. Um, so I'm okay with where the school district and stuff is locally, but I, I'm with you, man. As soon as they start to say that nonsense again, I'm okay and, with pulling them out. And I damn sure don't want my kids going to the universities. Brother, so this is no shit. So my wife um, is talking about maybe getting her master's degree because of the position that she's in in the school district. So we're going on to uh, looking at schools. And I went to University of Florida, go Gators. She's trying to go to the bullshit FSU because they have a better program. Whatever. We're pulling, we're filling some stuff out. And when it has the spot for gender, Hank, the drop down was like you were scrolling a, a damn phone book there was everything under the sun i'm surprised that like frog frogs and zzem wasn't there there was so many different pronouns or, and, and things just for your freaking come on dude and, and this is what money. my state money because this is a florida state university this is what my state money is going to fund but if you go on amazon and order a shirt it's gonna ask you do you want that in men's or women's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can get a, exactly. You can, you can get a pride shirt, and it's gonna ask you if you want that offensive. <laughs> exactly. You know. It, it, exactly. Um, it. Man, we just kind of took this episode far out into the weeds. I'm for it, man. I got hey, like it I said, happens, man. This is the conversations that need to happen. Like you're saying, the the, the fight on the local level is really the only fight that we can control um it's the one that you i mean because you literally live it you are local like wherever you're at whether even if you're out in the country and you don't have a neighbor for five miles you pay taxes to some municipality that's where you need to be focused on the local level at like that's that's your neck of the woods you need to go to city hall meetings listen to what's being said listen to what your neighbors and your your fellow citizens are saying and how does the city board react to all that you know and if you don't like it vote them out run for it yourself if you can't find anybody else to to vote for but be involved don't become ignorant and then when something passes that you don't like or taxes get hiked or whatever it is that you don't like if you didn't go to the meetings and you didn't voice a dissenting opinion before it ever was passed, then you have no reason to complain. 
If you don't like what's later. going on in your town, you have the power to go change it. Like I, uh, if you're listening to this, you are the we the people. That is the first three words of the preamble. We the people. Everything about government has been twisted to make you believe that you have no authority over them. You literally pay their their salaries. They are public servants. They might be elected officials, but they are still public servants. Government was intended to put restrictions on itself, not as citizens. That's what makes America so uniquely gifted is we are a constitutional republic. We are a government of the people, for the people, by the people. And we have a piece of paper that our founding fathers bled to write that directly defied the wills of the largest empire on the face of the world. They said, we're not going to listen to you. We are going to believe that we have inalienable God-given rights that no man can take away from us. And they fought a couple of wars about it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have every right to walk into your local city hall, call your congressman, call your senator, call your governor, demand to know what's going on. It's not hard to find these people's voting records, especially your state congressmen, senators, and and you can find what they're doing. You have to keep them in check. And if you can get even one other person to do the same thing, And if you build enough networks of people that are pissed off and want to do something about it, you will be surprised what voicing an opinion and standing up to these people and their own greedy-ass agendas would do. You can enact change. You said it, Hank. It's a constitutional republic. It's time for us to take it back and start acting like it. Thank you. We have the right. If there's supposedly over 300 million registered guns in America, then we have the constitutional authority to march against a dictator and a tyrannical government. We have the only right to take our government back. I'm not calling for violence, but at the end of the day, violence is justified by our founding fathers. And there's nothing that anyone can do about that. They can stand in our way and they can use the military against us and they can call us crazy, tinfoil wearing motherfuckers. And I don't care. I'll be that. But I'm also going to be 100% correct. You can't change the Constitution. You can ignore it. But we, the people, give it power. Like, I'm. It gets, gets me a little fired up, man, because like it, it's time to stop putting your head in the sandbox. Get out and get mad and go do something. Go, yeah, go yeah. make, go be the change that you want to see. I'm guilty of it, just like everybody else. I'm trying to get better at it, you know. But these, these, especially these small towns, they make it so easy to hide when they meet and do what they want to do, and then it's just like next thing you know, it's election time again, and it's like, but ain't this? Who went the incumbent? Ain't he best friends with who he's running with? And so, like, there's really just a handoff laterally instead of there being new ideas and stuff coming in. It's just the same, man. It's the same. Yeah. It, it's sad to see because you see this 
you see the blatant cor- corruption at the highest levels, right? That's going on. And then when you start to see it a little bit locally, that's when it really pisses you off. And that's when you have to step in. You have to step in and you have to say, listen, this is this is not what we stand for. We, the people, demand change. We, the people, demand to be taken seriously. This is what we want. This is how we want it. And like you said, we're not calling for violence, but we're calling for people to understand that you have a constitution. You have God-given inalienable rights, and it's time to start acting like it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, brother, I think we kind of ranted enough for one day. (laughs) Uh, not, I didn't see the, the the sports show taking this wide of a turn, but I'm not apologetic. Um, it's, Neither it's definitely am I. definitely something a lot of more people need to be saying. You know, it's not enough just to uncover truth. Like you have to go go put in the legwork. Yeah, I know we all work our nine to five suck, but but you have to make time if it's important to you. You know, I'm gonna do better at that. You know, I'm. I'm going to try to start showing up at town hall meetings to gather information. And we all should, you know, keep our people that we vote for in check. You know, doing your civic duty goes further than standing in a poll box once every few years. Absolutely. Well, like you said, we were rambling on for a minute. And I see my cat running around here somewhere. So it's a perfect time to talk about pure pet wellness. If you go to www.purepetwellness.com, use code 643, save yourself some money, get yourself some of the best organic CBD products for yourself and your pets. I use it. Hank, how's it doing for your dog and his paws? Oh, man, they're completely transformed, and it's only been about, what, a week and a half, week maybe. Uh, I got some of the CBD spray coming in it should be in by the end of the week i'm looking forward to seeing uh, how that helps my pit with her skin irritations i'm really looking forward to that but like you said man uh nico over there at pure pet wellness he uses nothing but organically sourced ingredients for his all his products family owned and operated you will not find a better businessman nor will you find a better product so go to uh, purepetwellness.com, enter promo code 643 at checkout, save yourself 20%, and tell them Hank sent you and Drew sent you, and we greatly appreciate it. So looking ahead, man, we're probably going to jump in this weekend. I'm going to watch this Great Awakening documentary. Documentary, I'm doing it again. You're putting, putting the, the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, but we're going to, I'm going to watch that great awakening doc again. And then I'm going to take some notes and I really want to break that episode down uh, or break that documentary down this weekend. Yes. So listeners, if you've all, if you made, if you stuck with our talking asses this far, we greatly appreciate you. But if you want to get ahead of this week's episode a little bit, go on YouTube, type in the great awakening. It's about an hour and 41 minute long documentary. 
do yourself a favor, check that out. I know at this point you've already heard uh, Drew, myself, and Chef, and then uh, Bo Diggles discussed this on, on the uh, Sunday Night Secret Society, but this is something that I want to kind of break down and take, take our time and kind of elaborate and add my own thoughts into what the, the documentary laid out because I think there's some really amazing information on it or in there. So that's what you got looking forward to this weekend. True. What's the rest of your week looking like, brother? You talked about the documentary. I've got it playing right now behind us. I was playing it before we started going. So I'm going to dive into that, take some good notes. I'm geared up for Sunday, man. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. That's, that's going to be a high energy episode. For sure. Uh, that one gets that's gonna get me riled up. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm gonna have to bring me a couple of bottles of water so I can stay hydrated. Sounds good, brother. Well, hey man, you have a good night. It was good talking with you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the 643 Conspiracy. He's Drew. I'm Hank. We love y'all. Stay fresh. <laughs>